0: Emily, thanks for coming on SpotCast. Um, It is our uh, second or third episode. We're quite new here, so it's very experimental. Um, But again, just a free-flowing conversation Um, like you and I are sitting across from the table, unfortunately, virtually um but yeah I'm just looking forward to hearing a little bit more about you today you you hinted a little bit and I said no stop don't tell me yet um spill the beans later um keep it we'll keep it uh fresh and exciting but um thanks so much for coming on and um would you mind just giving a little bit about yourself I mean where you're from and what you're doing currently
1: sure um so originally from Manchester in the UK as you can tell by my very Australian accent um (laughs) yes I tell people this is my best Australian accent. I've been here 13 years now, so I don't think it's going to get any better than this. Um,
0: 13 years is quite a long time. I think it would have gone earlier.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think if it was going to change, it would have changed by now. But um, I think I say some Aussie things, but I say them with an Australian, with an English accent, which just it sounds all kinds of. Wrong. So they're
0: like, "Good on you, good effort." Yeah,
1: yeah. Good night. <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> um. So yeah, I came out here, um, because the GFC hit the UK quite badly. Um, my job, oh, Sorry, the, the GFC. Back in two thousand nine. Okay. Um. So I basically got a really generous um, redundancy package from where I was working and um, relationship broke down. So I got a really generous equity payment from being bought out of my old house as well. So I had all this cash, no idea what I was going to do next with no job. Um, so I had two choices really. I could sit in Manchester in the rain and worry about it or I could sit on a beach in Bondi and worry about it. So I was not on too day.
0: difficult of a choice, really.
1: <laughs> I, it wasn't at the time. It was it was quite a yeah, it was quite an easy choice. It was only about five weeks, I think, from having the idea to being on the plane. It wasn't very long at all. That's
0: pretty um, fast. Wow, and yeah. I mean, five weeks. That didn't give your family much time to, I guess, adapt to your your idea, did it?
1: To be honest, we were all quite nomadic. My mum had. Was living in a hotel in Portugal. She'd bought. She'd gone on holiday one year and bought the hotel that she stayed at. Um, and my brother was—I don't even know what country he was in at the time. But I'm fairly sure he wasn't in the UK. Um, okay. So yeah, it—it it was. It, yeah, it was. It was much easier than than you might think. To be honest, it was. Yeah, it was quite a. Where can I go? And how quickly can I get that decision? Uh, um,
0: that's crazy and <laughs> all right so it was in five weeks you got on the plane and did you know anyone in in Bondi or anything or Sydney more like or
1: knew of someone so back in the UK this is really bizarre back in the UK the company I worked for was a company called O2 which is okay. the um, UK equivalent of Telstra really and okay. um, And I'd been there a number of years and and done a number of different roles. Um, An internal position came up a little while before I left. Um, The one that actually ended up being made redundant. But Mm -hmm. um, it came up because the guy who had that job had left to move to Australia. And so I took his job. Um, I didn't know him. But I, we were, it was a call centre, right? So everybody knows of everybody else. Yep. So when I spilled the beans at work and said, hey, I'm going to Australia, they were like, oh, you need to contact Sandy, he's a really nice guy, and he'll just be a point of contact. And so I got really drunk one night and messaged this guy. Hey, <laughs> you don't know me, but I know all these people that you know, um, and I'm coming to Australia, and is there anything you can tell me about that? And he came back and said it's the best decision you'll we'll ever make, which he was right about. Um, he also said talking about Australia is one of his favourite things to do. Okay, in so a sweet here, spot. <laughs> yeah, here's my phone number. When you get here, send me a text. I'll give you a tour around Sydney. And I was like, deal. So we did that. Um, I did meet up with him. And then at that point, he told me he falling in love with a girl back in the UK so he was heading back that way but you need to go on this east coast adventure and go and have an amazing time and let's stay in touch on Facebook and I was like yep no worries bye so we did that um I ended up in the outback for seven years um wait
0: did you say seven years in the outback
1: yeah so of the 13 years I've been here seven of them were were spent um in the middle of
0: Wind. or bogan country maybe or is that
1: offensive yeah. word to uh, say bogan not really oh yeah Bogan's a, it wasn't bogan um, okay it was a really nice town but it had a population of 300 people and there was no other town for 120 kilometers in any direction around it so and i lived 70 k's out of town again so it was it was fairly remote i lived on a sheep and farm sheep and cattle station roughly the size of london With a population of five people living on this. Oh my goodness. It was amazing. It was amazing. Anyway, Andy and I kept in contact. I got married and got divorced. And Andy and I became friends and we were together for several years. After that, he came over to Australia one Christmas and to visit and never left.
0: (laughs) And never left. Okay. (laughs)
1: So we, um, we have recently split up just because we're just two very different people, but um we're really good friends. I see him most weekends, to be honest. Yeah. It's, oh, wow. That's okay. so awesome
0: that you guys are still friends and stuff. Yeah, and it's, it's not a bizarre
1: like... story though. It's a bizarre chain of events. But yeah, so did I know anybody when I came to Australia? No, I didn't, but I do now.
0: <laughs> yeah, there we go. That was, uh, yeah, <laughs> quite the question and answer. No, yeah. That's great. Oh, that's what an adventure. Okay. So, all right. You've been in Australia 13 years now. Yep. And so, before this, um, well, I, I won't ask the audience or ask you to tell the audience what you're doing now, but okay. um, you, I guess to get into it better, is you made the crazy decision to start a business during COVID um, and pretty early on in COVID?
1: Yeah, it was. Um... Yeah, it was. So I'd started a bookkeeping business out when I when I went out to Tambo. Um, okay. I'd started a, a bookkeeping business out there that um, I absolutely loved. And it was predominantly about cash flow forecasting um, and project forecasting for farmers because they were filling out the QRAA drought funding relief. And this was like... Okay. Eight page application form that wanted 10 year cash flow forecast based on future cattle prices and future rainfall like it was it was really difficult right so um they i i understood what needed to be done i went through a process of of learning how to get where i needed to be to become a bass registered agent and to specialize in the qraa funding Went through that process and and set up a bookkeeping business based around that. When the drought got so bad out west that I was getting paid in chickens and pumpkin and fuel because nobody had any money that they were spending, that they weren't spending on keeping animals alive, basically, or keeping themselves alive, I... Um, I moved back to Brisbane on a temporary basis and um, to cover mm-hmm. an eternity contract to get a salary position to get financially secure myself in a means to go with, with full intention of going back um, once that contract had been fulfilled. Life happened, Andy happened, and I, I, I never um, went back west after okay. 2015.
0: Tired so, of getting meat in chickens. I understand. Or yeah. I don't understand, but you know, I could try to. <laughs> it, it,
1: it was just, it was, yeah, it was it was heartbreaking and it was it was really hard. And I just I mm. couldn't do what I needed to do in that scenario. I, I needed to put my own oxygen mask on first, I guess, in order to be able to be of help to those that needed the most help around me. Oh. Um so I came out to back to brisbane like i said i did this maternity contract i fulfilled that contract and then i got a job um in public practice and loved it really loved dealing with all the different industries across all the different sectors across all the different um the scopes and the ranges and small businesses and big businesses and startups and, and enterprises and everything in between and i i got Really passionate about being able to do what I do, which is the advisory, cash flow forecasting, budgeting for that, and taking mm-hmm. that to a whole new level. Bearing in mind, i had done all of this work just in agriculture before, um, and done it all, you know, manually on Excel spreadsheets and what limited zero could do back in 2014 because it was it itself was was so new back then. Yeah, um, and I met. Um, I met a guy from Spotlight who lived just around the corner from me, and he introduced me to Spotlight reporting. and I can see his face, but I cannot remember his name.
0: Oh, okay. I'll have to um, yeah. maybe hunt down a few yeah, photos. If that will
1: come to me. I'll just, in the middle of a sentence, I'll, I'll just blurt out this guy's name. Anyway, so...
0: No, that's okay. <laughs>
1: Jason, was it Jason? Yeah, I it, it was Jason. Anyway. Oh, yep. Yeah. Anyway, so he, um, yeah, so he introduced us to Spotlight and I could see back then what it could do and where it could go. Um, but like I said, I worked in public practice and it was a traditional Maya-based public practice that I was working for. And so they weren't as excited about this as I was. They, they just didn't have the foresight to see what it could do for the number of clients that they had.
0: Is that frustrating being around people who are just aren't getting... What, you, you, what you're getting, what you're passionate about. And you're like, I yeah, feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Why don't they understand?
1: I know it was. And I, I even offered, I even offered to, because I was, you know, just a bookkeeper, right? So mm-hmm. I offered to fill that gap because the traditional accounts in this accounting firm were exactly that. They were, you know, compliant, um, quiet, shy, introverted people that, Completely understood what they needed to do and how to do their work incredibly efficiently on a six-minute time sheet, and but just didn't like or didn't like dealing with people. Like they just didn't want to relay all the information that they had about these companies and how well the business was doing and the health and well-being of that. And they just didn't have that. I don't know that
0: the drive to get out there in front of people and I guess
1: share that information so I I have I have like if I know how your business is doing I kind of want to share that information with you right because it's your business and you should know this and you need to know this and I think it's more important that you know this and the ATO knows this I think it's way more important Mm. to tell you first rather than just lodging your bass and being able to understand what your bass is telling you um so yeah all of this so I offered to take part in the client tax planning meetings and sort of say to to you've got the accountant who's got all the answers you've got the client who has the questions but doesn't know how to ask the questions and then i offered to be that intermediary person to ask the questions with the client and extract the answers from the accountant i wasn't trying to take anything away from anyone i was just trying to open the conversation up and using spotlight or you know like that information in order to be able to do that like I don't want to necessarily focus in May on how you did in your business July last year I want to focus on May how you're going to do before the end of June this year so you've got time to make those decisions and more importantly what do you want to do differently next year and how can we get you there what what's What's your passion? What's your drive? What's your growth? What's your, what do you want to do with your business? This is your baby. Where do you see it going and how can I help you get that? So that was my take on what I wanted to do with the bookkeeping division, whereas the account, like I said, the traditional accountants saw it as a bit of, they just didn't see it as.
0: They're doing a, the work, sending it off.
1: Yeah, I just um, couldn't see how they could. I think, and they also struggled to see how they could generate revenue from that because all I'm doing is just having these meetings. What, what, mm. what, what, what revenue am I generating from just having these client meetings? Why aren't I doing any billable work? I've got all these meetings in my calendar, whereas, and I'm like, but you charge, you can charge so much more for this. Like, it's not a $60 an hour thing, right? This is. This is what the information people want. This is, And they will pay good money to get good value. This is extremely valuable to them. Mm. And these clients that you've had for all these years, they've never had this service before. This is going above and beyond. This is going to blow their minds. And it's it's going to be amazing. And they were just, yeah, I just couldn't. And the, like I said, the, the actual accountants as well, they push back like, we don't want to be in these meetings. We don't want to see the clients. We just want to do the work. Can't we just email it? <laughs> <And I'm> not, <laughs> not, no, you can't just email that. It's not the yeah,
0: case. they're totally going to read it. We gotta expect yeah. them to read it, you and, know. And we so. expect
1: them to read every word, and I like, even things like there was one client who had a superannuation issue year, okay. on, year on year on year and year, and it was what on the in this letter on the front of their tax return every year. You have a superannuation issue. You have a superannuation issue. But because the client didn't read that letter. The client didn't do anything about the superannuation issue. So it just grew year on year on year. But nobody thought to have a conversation with the client and say, hey, do you know, can we help? What can we do to fix this?
0: Yeah. It just. Yeah. Well, OK, so it's, it's sounding, really sounding like you worst. got it, it sounds like you, you got, you know, I guess fed up, you could say of of that. And you wanted some change. And when did that yeah. change happen in your life next? Yeah. I do, I just,
1: yeah, I think it just I could I could see the potential of what I wanted to do. I could see it. I didn't want to be a traditional bookkeeper or a traditional accountant. It didn't necessarily need to be based on data entry, based on last year's accounts. Okay. Just doing compliance. I didn't. I didn't. I don't see that where the industry is going at all. It's not where it is today, and it's certainly not where it's going. It's yeah. about the human connection, it's about the conversations, it's about where to next and how can we get you there. And mm. the best the way I see it as well, from my perspective, is the better that my clients do, the more support I give them, the more human I am with this, as this relationship grows... The better my business grows, right? Because they're going to refer, and it's I'm a win-win. Win. It. And, yeah. and it's the work that I want to do. It's it's absolutely the kind of work that I get really excited about doing it. So I went from there. Um, I jumped. To be fair, I jumped out of the frying pan into a fire. I took another job in a similar role with an accountant, um, that came back into public practice after a number of years who told me all the right things, told me they wanted to do all this advisory stuff, told me they wanted all the software, told me they wanted all this you know, I had all the support that I needed Um, but it just, again it it, it just didn't come to fruition, it just didn't, I, I didn't get buy in from the rest of the team and it just it. I, I just again felt like I was stood on a little it's soap like- while I was singing this song and no one was listening and it just, yeah, I couldn't do it on my own by myself. So COVID hit and I spend a huge amount of my so-called billable time on the phone to clients going, hey, I'm just checking in. Are you okay? Do you need anything? Are your staff okay? Are you sleeping? Are you eating? Is there is there anything that I can do? I I know that the news is constantly changing. I know that the rules are constantly changing. I know that the legislation is constantly changing. And I'm trying to keep on top of this as much as I possibly can. So here's a link to my Facebook page, because that's the quickest way that I can get new information out. Um, Much quicker than creating a PDF newsletter or putting something on the website. So just keep refreshing my Facebook page, because as soon as I know something you'll know it. And as soon as something's available to you that will help, I'll let you know, like, this, this is the best way to, to just engage. So my engagement went up massively, right? Um, but again, my, um, my employer was just like, oh, w- what do you do with your time? And I'm like, I'm watching the news, I'm writing newsletters, I'm updating the website, I'm Facebook page, and I'm, I'm talking to clients. I'm, I'm actually on the phone from five o'clock in the morning, till 11 o'clock at night, talking to clients, just checking in. And he's like, well, if they're going to go under, they're not going to generate any revenue for us anyway. And I'm like, whoa, I can't.
0: Oh, yeah, wait a
1: second. I'm... What What are you saying? And he's like, I really think we should concentrate on our personal wealth clients. I think we should concentrate on the individuals. There's going to be a huge amount of free funds in individual tax returns. So I'm going to take you off what you're doing. And I want you to focus... On that and I'm like well that's not what I do and it's honestly I'm not interested like I, I can't you can't sit me filling out tax forms all day I'm yeah I'm, I'm not good at it and I don't want to do it <laughs> and I'm gonna <laughs> and look at something shiny over there to not have to do that to be honest you've got way more qualified staff than me to to do that role. yeah and um, yeah
0: well, good on you for sticking up for yourself for that. I mean, that's yeah, nerve-wracking as well. But, I mean, did, in the well, back of your mind, did you already know that you're like, okay, well, you know what, this isn't working out yeah, for you, I'm probably going to move on.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of frustration on both sides that that it wasn't – and, like, it didn't come from him. I got on really well with him. It's just that he wasn't great at managing the rest of the team and I couldn't get buy-in from the rest of the team. Again, that traditional – that really traditional – and stereotypical mindset of this is what we do because this is the way we've always done it, and I just tradition. So yeah, we came to and um, we we came to an agreement where I would step back a couple of days a week at first. So it was a three month transition. So I went down to either two or three days a week, and the other side, I again, yeah, I I built myself up my own advisory practice. I got a tax specialist in to do the tax returns because I knew that I wasn't going to do them. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I immediately brought someone on board to to help and support with that. Um, and they were a great mentor. They were, they were, they've been amazing through this whole thing. Um and then, yeah, I'm, and so it, it built and it built so quickly. I had, I'd done my own, I had Spotlight, so I'd done my own forecasting. I'd done my own. Okay, nice. Um, I was looking for, um, I was looking to buy um, with Andy at the time. So I'd even produce these amazing reports to present to the bank on, on cash flow forecasting because I hadn't had my ABM that long and I knew that I was losing my salary. And so I just wanted to get it all to be, you know, above board and stuff. But um, anyway, so the bank was really impressed. I got some really good feedback about that too. I'm from <laughs> a In fact, my mortgage broker has been one of my biggest referrers because people turn up to him with numbers that he can't make head of sense, and he just sends them down here to, to talk. Oh, to that's him. so cool! And he's like, yeah. "All right,
0: yeah, no, you need to get yeah, these made- worked out."
1: Yeah, and he's actually just upstairs for me now. I've kind of moved into his building, so it's worked oh, how out. How good? Well. Yeah. But um, yeah, so. It just yeah, so Emerge Advisory. Um it that came about because of COVID. So it officially went live on the first of July. I
0: and so yeah, that was your that's your firm that you created, 20%. Emerge yeah, Advisory. That, yep. Yeah,
1: that's that's yeah, that was that's the um and it was emerging out of COVID and it was emerging out of any other hardships or growth or you know, developing the whole concept is you build your business to be whatever you want it to be. You can emerge it to be whatever you want it to be. You just have to have the vision and the financial data in order to be able to support that. And that's where I come
0: in, I think. Wow. So would you say COVID, do you think, brought forward everything, oh, like um, starting your business?
1: Yeah, it did. It did. I, I just I knew what I needed to do for me. I needed to do it. Like I said, from a human perspective, I needed to be there for clients. I needed to help them with job keeper and job seeker and yep. stimulus packages, and explain how you know what the cash flow boost was all about. Um, I, I saw something on TV about it, and Kashi. Um, on tv said that it was a refund on your gst and it absolutely wasn't so there was an awful it was so much news going on and so many changes and so many updates that it was impossible for you know for for people trying to decide whether or not they're allowed to open the doors today or not it, mm. it was too much for most people to take in so i just tried to break it down into as simplistic english layman's terms as possible and say like you're you know and 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 again with that like i can you can emerge from this so whether your business looks different whether it does something to adapt the online model for food like like never before and you know utilizing uber eats or like local deliveries or gym classes pt classes all being online and your driveway you know we had um We had one PT person that um, at the end of our street. So we were all allowed to exercise in our own driveways because we were like 10 meters apart from each other. And she was just, she just had a microphone and just yelled at us from down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, We did. And then um, Sunday afternoons, um, we'd all sit in our own little deck chair again at the end of our driveways, 10 meters apart. And we just like you know, we just all drink. I mean, you'd be only be able to talk to the person directly in front of you or one person to the side of you, but there was yep. all these different conversations going on. And that that was amazing about where I lived, though. So I moved, so lockdown was the 23rd of March 2020, and I moved into this place on the 13th of March, Friday the 13th. Wow. Uh, it's a brand new development. And okay. so everybody's new. So people oh that makes Victoria it so fun and yeah Boston. and so everybody had boxes in their garage and everybody was new and everybody was was trying to just you know work out their place and their community and and move in but it became really difficult because we're all locked in so it took me six hmm, a good six or seven weeks before I met my next door neighbor I think and it was somebody else that introduced us but okay. um, Yeah. So from there, then I came up with I needed to advertise. So I came up with a way of doing that that wasn't just a flyer in a letterbox and saying that it was just another, you know, compliance accountant. Well,
0: um, that that's I'm pretty interested to hear how you did it, because that's to me a common struggle that I hear from a lot of people is, Hey, we have these great services that we do, but how do we get out there and tell people that the, the good news of what we're doing? How do we yeah. sell it uh, or market it? So, one second. Oh,
1: you're
0: grabbing something.
1: <laughs> so we're like I said, brand new development. There's a uh-huh. trade new parked in every other driveway. We're all allowed to go for a little walk once a day or twice a day. Um. And so I posted these in every new, oh, oh. box. It's, uh,
0: let us, oh, <laughs> let us help your business grow. Wow, great.
1: And then there's, we can help this tax time. And then there was um, Sage Business Advice. We offer Sage Business Advice. I think there's one there. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm sure you
0: got many uh, chuckles and uh, uh, smiles from people it opening became, their mailboxes.
1: Yeah, it so it, it just became a conversation thing, right? So I put these in every letterbox. Oh, we grow you. We can help you grow to mint. We can help grow your profits to mint condition. That was the other one. <laughs> there um, we go.
0: Nice. I like it.
1: So yes, yeah, so we posted these through all of the letterboxes. I think there's about 500 new houses on this development. Um, and it got people talking, whether you loved it or hated it, it was it was just a conversation piece. It wasn't a flyer and everybody had a new brand new house. Everybody had a brand new lawn. Everybody had space to grow these, these little seeds. So, yeah, it like I said, it worked. And again, that whole emerging growth and watch your seeds grow whilst you're watching your business grow, and we can help you through that process. And it takes, it takes a process. It takes a little bit of water and a little bit of sunlight, a little bit of food. And, yep. and lots of time and patience, um, which is exactly what your business needs as well. So yeah, it was um, it, it was, it was, it was terrifying to do it in the middle of the COVID, whilst I was trying to buy a house. Um, the house didn't go ahead. I, I like I said, I'd only have my ABN about six weeks when I try to apply for a mortgage, which is never a good idea, despite how pretty the reports looked. Um, okay.
0: <laughs>
1: but um yeah it it was it it was amazing though and and like i said i i needed i needed to not buy a new house i needed to focus on my clients i needed to focus yep. on on covid and i needed to focus on the legislation and how rapidly that changed um, and
0: that. But, and, and you're, you're by yourself, I guess, in all of this, which I imagine, again, in Australia, well, no, you've been in Australia for a bit, so you're established there. You probably know yeah. some people, yeah. but um, I mean, I, I watched an interesting video the other day. Um, it was um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, you know, body lifter, ex-governor uh, of California. Um, he was talking about when he first came from, um, from Europe over to the States, he came with $20 in his pocket. He mm-hmm. literally had nothing. Um, but all like for one Thanksgiving, all the bodybuilders at the, the local gold's gym, um, they ended up coming to his house and bringing them just the simple things, pillows, silverware, whatever you, whatever you na- uh, he needed. Um, and he goes on to say, you know, he, he's had all this great success, but he has to look back on those times. Um, and when he does look back, he, he, he says, there's no such thing as a self-made man or woman. Um, so I, I'd love to, I guess, hear your thoughts about it or, or hear about who helped you along the way type of thing.
1: Definitely. So, like I said, I, di- I didn't go into this alone. Um, Fiona um, was with me from the word go. Fiona had built a really successful accounting practice um, up in Lutwidge. Okay. Um, it had outgrown her. Um, and she- Fiona's just a
0: friend that you knew or...? or- yeah.
1: She was, well, she was a work, host, so she was a self, uh, self-managed super fund specialist. So okay. when I was working for Checkers, she was the specialist that I worked with. Referred all the self-managed super funds to her. So we worked together on a, a number of clients and stuff. Um, when the the team morale just wasn't where I needed it to be when the, the job itself wasn't working out what I envisioned it was going to be um Fiona was who I talked to about all that and it was actually her idea for me to go out on my own I was like no no, no I can't do that I'm I'm not that's that's too big that's that's yeah I do I that's not me at all and she's like then I'll help I'll do whatever you need me to do and I'll be here and I'll hold your hand every step of the way. I've built a practice once. I can help you do it. I'm not interested in doing it again. Um, I'm not interested in working that hard, but
0: <laughs> you clearly
1: are. So, if, you know, if, if you want to do this, I'll, I'll help you every step of the way. And she did. She absolutely did. She helped me put systems and processes in place. She, um, she kept me accountable and she helped me and she did all my complaints because mm way way more process driven and and diligent than I was in that space I'm much much better face-to-face with clients in in this environment than I am yeah sitting down plugging numbers into a tax return for the ATR. it just it's like Uh uh-huh yep (laughs) anyway so yeah so Fiona was amazing and then um I I got sick so 2020 just was a bit of a blur and and just went from from nothing from zero to hero. Um, by Christmas twenty twenty, I had over hundred clients, and I just again, it just I didn't mean to get that big that quickly, but I but I did. Um, and then twenty twenty one was just a really tumultuous year. Um, and in some ways, much harder than twenty twenty. So starting in comparison seemed really easy especially because I had Fiona to to hold my hand through all that right um going through growing pains was much much harder having to take on staff not making good decisions with that um, Mm and I took on the wrong staff I took on um I took on too many staff too quickly um and they how many staff
0: were we talking about here
1: so at the the pinnacle I had, I think I had five, um, five staff, and okay. but I was getting really sick, so I was in and out of hospital, and so I needed to rely on them to do more of the work that I wasn't doing, and okay. I just, I, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't at the top well, of my game at all. And that's so, so important was-
0: for you, especially cuz yeah. you have such a passion and vision and if someone's going to be doing the work for you, they need to share that as well. Um yeah. Jeez.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't I hired staff with my heart and not my head. I hired friends, I hired people I'd known before. I'd hired and um, people who told me that their skill level was up here and I took that at face value um, Okay. I learned a lot of very hard lessons very very quickly and made a lot of expensive mistakes that way and mm. um, clients got let down work didn't go work didn't get done work didn't get done correctly work wasn't done on time it was it was awful it was like I said then the more stressful I think that became the more unwell I became which put me back in hospital which meant me I was off the books even more which it just it just became a cycle Fiona picked up as much as she could and she was amazing she was absolutely amazing but it just it it, again she never anticipated that she wanted to to run her own practice to this degree grace one that was gro- still growing as quickly as it was there was new inquiries from new clients coming through every single day but all these numbers were coming in the top and I was letting people down at the bottom and it, it just it, it wasn't it wasn't a good business model at all Um. so Fiona quite rightly turned around and said this this is not what I signed up for this is not what I wanted to do I'm just going to go back doing self-managed super funds. That's my own little bubble. I'm I'm really comfortable doing that. I don't want to work yeah. this hard. Um so she, yeah, she was just like, I don't I, I want to support you in whatever you need to do, but you need to do something differently because this isn't sustainable. And I was fully aware that that, that mm-hmm. was the case. Um so the next evolution, the next emerge of emerge was i did need help and i needed substantial help and i needed i needed staff that i didn't have and i needed reliability that i didn't have and i needed a whole range of support mechanisms that i didn't have in place and so vault was amazing in that um
0: and vault is just for people who don't know
1: yeah, Vault is so. Emerge Advisory is now part of the Vault family of businesses. They have um, they have several strings to their bow, which again is amazing, and um, particularly a, a really strong financial planning arm. Um, but it, it has a core business advisory model at its center that's the ethos of what it wants to do where it wants to go and so the synergy between us is is absolutely there but Mm. what vault has that i didn't have is a whole team so bookkeepers plural accountants plural and auditors support staff marketing um people work yeah. all of the muscle and all of the advisory um and it just yeah it it was it it w- it was perfect timing it 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 was just craig um was actually a client of mine a long time ago
0: oh no um, and so i mean, craig's one of the partners of all
1: yeah he's the director okay. of so yeah so um so yeah I'd, Craig reached out to me um, about due diligence on another bookkeeping a firm that was for sale in New South Wales. Um, and I was like, well, if you're looking to buy a practice, mine might be available because I just I just got to the point where I just couldn't do it on my own. Um, so we sat down, we had a coffee. And by the end of the week, then yeah merge advisory became part of the the vote family on the proviso that um I went with it that was that was the the deal is that they wanted me as much as they wanted my client base which has been amazing amazing because it means I get to still support the clients that I, I truly do have a huge passion for and they're here in my local area but it also means that I get to um I get to deal with agricultural clients again, which again is I'm really excited about. I get to deal with all the different industries and the smaller, the, the much bigger industries as well. That mm-hmm. um, the, the has got a, a substantial client base, and it, clients that I couldn't have, I wouldn't have, have tried to to try and obtain on my own because I wasn't big enough on my own to be able to offer them the support. But I'm just one of, of several of the vault team that's working with them it's just that i do the advisory yeah. and the the cash flow forecasting and the the budgeting stuff the the, the meaty stuff that i get a huge amount of enjoyment from the, the, oh that's so legacy. awesome
0: so it's really just enabling you to do what it you love
1: and i guess
0: the the point where you know you started. starting going um becoming part of all I imagine that was a bit scary but also did you just feel a sense of relief like coming from you yeah, after the week that... That
1: it yeah, the weeks that it happened I really did I am um, I mean I, I I came out of hospital on the Friday I ran my own here's here's how hard it was I ran my own figures on the Monday having spent the week in hospital and saw I was at genuine risk of running insolvent. I'd, I'd paid staff for work that they hadn't done and clients weren't about to reimburse me for that. So yeah, it was, it was terrifying from that perspective and I, I, I you know, all this work that I'd done and all this effort and all these clients that I'm really, really close to, I'm now just really at risk of, of letting them down and I need to, I need to find a solution for them as much as I need to find a solution to myself my first instinct was um, to try and, and find someone in the industry who would help take these clients on from me. And I reached out to my account manager at Zero and asked them for a job, to be honest. Okay. Um, because, because I was desperate, because I, I, something needed to change. It wasn't, it wasn't okay. Um, but the, yeah, at the same time, like I said, Craig reached out and asked me about the due diligence Um, just hadn't spoken to him for a number of years and he just contacted me at exactly the right time like it was almost like serendipity oh
0: it's like Um, meant to be that's awesome it
1: really was it really was um and so that was November of last year and so the last five months have been really challenging for his systems are very, like the vault systems are very, very different to the eMERGE systems and the client base is very, very different and the needs are very different and the paperwork's very different, processes, Lots of new learnings. All yeah. of these, yeah, all of these things need to be brought together to, to, to work and it and it now is just bedding down and it's all been massaged into place and it's I'm just trying to see the fruition of, like the clients are now seeing the fruition of, um of what's what's become of this and they're now seeing the benefit of of having this whole team that i'm not accessible by 200 clients 24 hours a day but if you email the team somebody will get back to you very very quickly and that's working for everybody um Mm. like i said it puts me back my role now with with vault is business development manager so it is that new client onboarding process, and it's that, that hand-holding, that advisory, that cash flow forecasting, that spotlight reporting that I absolutely love to do. It's those really meaningful, meaty conversations that I get to have and fill my calendar with every week, and I love it. Love it.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's so awesome to hear. Um Isn't it? And- <laughs> No, it it truly is. And and, because you're doing something that you're passionate about, but it took a while to discover that you had to do the hard yards, you had to do jobs that you hated. And what was great, though, is when you did those jobs that you hated is you reflected and you asked yourself the questions of what do I not like here? and What do I like and how can I change this? How can I do it? And and slowly, yeah, you figured it out and you went out there and made it on your own. and, And it's wonderful
1: because the, the reality is as human beings if there's something we don't like to do we'll procrastinate about it it will always <laughs> be the last thing to get done on the list and it'll always be that oh I'll do I'll do this bit first because it's my favorite I'll do that bit later and the later that becomes that the more urgent it becomes and then it becomes a deadline or a compliance issue or whatever it becomes and it just it's not it's not a great space knowing that I've actually got nothing left that I like to do and a list of 50 things that I don't like to do left to do. Um, yeah. It just, yeah. So now having, having that team and being able to draw on all of our skills so that, you know, that we have, um, there's bookkeepers like me, like that like just want to talk and chat and, and do the face-to-face. <laughs> there's also, you know, we've we've got the compliance people that that just want to sit in a corner quietly and just fill out tax returns. Don't make me talk to people. I just want to fill out each to their returns. own for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: it's that skill set, let's take advantage of that and let's draw on the stuff that, yeah, like that's not my skill set <laughs>
0: <laughs> well okay so um <laughs> just to um it's been so lovely hearing all this but I guess just to, to wrap up um I'm a huge fan of take-home messages um sure. and I think well often those are best portrayed through stories which you've given I guess a lot of examples but um I wanted to ask maybe what's the largest thing event or uh, eureka moment um, that's changed your life, and maybe followed by a like, what's the smallest thing that's changed your life?
1: Oh, the largest thing, I think, is a piece of advice that I heard very recently that I wish I'd heard two years ago, and that okay. is hire slowly, fire fast. Um, oh, having stats is really hard and probably the hardest part of owning and winning a business. I think staff management is, it is, it, it's a tough, tough gig. Um, so I wish someone had said that to me two years ago. That's hire easy to work.
0: remember. So hire slowly, fire fast. Okay. Rip yeah, the not working,
1: off. yeah. Absolutely. If it's not working for your team, it's not working. Um, so that's the first thing. The little thing—it's—I I am genuinely lucky that I love what I do for a living, and I've—I've I've often yep. thought about this. I've had conversations with people about if I won the lottery tomorrow, I wouldn't change my job. I wouldn't quit working. I just enjoy what I do so much. Um, I might do it differently, or I might not work fourteen-hour days, but I certainly yeah, I yeah. not do this. I don't think. I think I'd still have some input in this. So I am really lucky that I get to come to work every day really passionate about what I do, who I do it for, and I'm being able to see the tangible outcomes from that. Um, yeah. yeah I, I think,
0: that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> it's a hard thing. Like oh, what is little, you know? Um, yeah. So that's that's totally fine. No worries.
1: I, I think I do think so. That the right software is as much as part of your team as the the human staff members. I Go think ahead. with I think that yeah I think that automation that integration that that software support the things that software can do now particularly in public practice is just outstanding, and the fact that more people aren't taking advantage of that just blows me away.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, sometimes you know it's it, you hear so much hype about something you don't want to just be that person jumping on the bandwagon but um sometimes you know the hype is there for a reason um yep. so
1: being yeah. See, yeah being able to see it and and see what it can do and where it can go and and when when you're sitting down having these meaningful conversations with clients about right okay this is where you are this is where you told me you want to be look, these are what the steps you actually physically need to take to get there. and it's like a light bulb moment they go oh my god but yeah, no, you've said it, it sounds really simple and straightforward. And that's the steps I needed to take. But without seeing that on paper or having this conversation, I don't know that I'd have got there. Like it's just a don't know how to get from this business with two staff and I want to scale it up and I want, you know, I want one of these businesses in every town. Well, this is what you need to do. These are the steps you need to take. This is how you, if you grow by 25% each year for the next three years, Within three years, this is where you'll be. These are the number of friends, these are the number of stores you'll have. This is the number of staff you'll have. This is what yeah. it'll cost you to have those staff. That's the scenario based, the, the future-based services yeah. that, yeah, and it's, yeah, it is. It's it's really powerful stuff. It's really meaningful conversations.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much. Um, It's been such a pleasure talking to you and you've shared so much and um, very memorable as well. I think I can tell walk away from this and remember your story and be able to share it with others as well. Um, Cause truly, um, there's a lot of people in the same boat um, who are stuck doing things that maybe they don't enjoy, but they secretly know what they they are passionate about it. So um, yeah, no, it's great to hear someone who's worked hard and, and who's gotten through it. And it's not easy, it's not easy, but you did it. And um, Yeah, you know thanks it's for sharing. Totally
1: worth it. It's been totally worth it, I think. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, um, bye everyone. Um, Thanks for listening and um, see you next time.